Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. Our choir is growing, by the way. Um, And I think that's in large part not just to the chance to sing such amazing music, but to get to be part of something so beautiful. So, thank you. Yes, there is still space, as they would say. So, uh, feel free to join. Rehearsals are on Wednesday nights. Uh, (laughs) So, I accidentally caused a stir a few weeks ago when I had the banners, all our welcome banners replaced with our Be Just, Be Kind, Be Humble banners. I had no idea I was going to upset so many people. Taking down the all our welcome banners, they really, really got upset. Um, But I had to tell them there's a reason for that. First of all, you have to switch those things out because if you don't, they just become part of the scenery and people quit noticing them. So for people to see them, periodically you need to switch them out. But also, there is something to be said for the fact that we can say that all are welcome all day long but if we don't periodically take time to dig deep into what that truly means and prepare ourselves and nurture ourselves and grow ourselves in that reality then those banners become just a a show right um, it's a little bit like I was thinking about my um, my mom would make our Thanksgiving desserts and the pie would look beautiful or the cheesecake would look beautiful, but there would be missing ingredients. She would, she would forget things. And y'all, pumpkin pie or cheesecake without sugar, <laughs> it doesn't matter that it looks pretty. It tastes awful. Cheesecake without sugar tastes like lard, y'all. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. And so we cannot just have a a pretty banner and miss the ingredients, right? And our passages today, in particular Micah 6-8, which is the banner that is up for the next few months, really give us a chance to dig deep into some of those key ingredients of true welcome, which is justice and kindness and humility. And we're going to spend the next three weeks digging into each of those words. But then in September, we will look at a series around justice. In October, a series around kindness. And in November, a series around humility. So it's really framing our whole fall. So with that in mind, as we seek to be a people that is truly, truly welcoming, I want you to hear these words. We'll start with Micah 6.8. God has told you, human one, what is good and what the Lord requires from you to do justice, embrace faithful love, and walk humbly with your God. And then from Amos. I hate, I reject your festivals. I don't enjoy your joyous assemblies. If you bring me your entirely burned offerings and gifts of food, I won't be pleased. I won't even look at your offerings of well-fed animals. Take away the noise of your songs. I won't listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes 
that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So to set us up for a reflection on justice, I think it's important for us to look at Micah and Amos and their context in which they were prophesying and how those relate to justice. So first let's consider Micah. Micah is a contemporary of Isaiah. They were prophesying at the same time and you hear echoes of each other's prophecies in there. You hear the swords into plows message in both prophets. But there's a distinct difference in them in that Isaiah has the ear of the king. Isaiah is like a court prophet. He has the ear of power. And so the primary message that he is delivering is that you are about to be laid low, king. You are about to lose your power and become oppressed and and conquered by another. It is a warning that the exile is coming. If things do not change, everything will be lost. Micah, on the other hand, has the ear of the farmers, the ear of the common people. And so the primary message that Micah is delivering is, take hope, Jerusalem is about to be overturned. Because for the common people, Jerusalem has become a center of corruption and oppression in itself. Instead of being a place where people are empowered and nourished, it has become a place where they are crushed down. And the reality is, in order for justice to take place, you need action at the top, at the bottom, and everywhere in between. And our reactions to the reality of justice have a lot to do with how much power we have. Because justice is ultimately interested in a leveling of the playing field, not in some having power over others. Now, Amos was a shepherd from Tekoa, which is in the southern kingdom of Judah. However, he is sent to be a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel, which must have been terrifying and disorienting all at once. So he leads out by recognizing that Judah and Israel have been failed by their neighbors. Their neighbors have turned on them, have oppressed them, have crushed them. But he also points out that that Judah and Israel are failing as the people of God because they are failing at God's justice. In particular, as I mentioned, he's gone to the northern kingdom to tell them, yes, the northern kingdom is prosperous, but the reason that they're prosperous is because they have struck a deal with Assyria, and they have, instead of paying the tribute to Assyria that they've agreed to out of their own coffers, what they've done is made the southern kingdom their vassal. And they are heavily taxing the southern kingdom in order to take those taxes and push them up to Assyria. So they can continue to prosper standing on the back of their brothers and sisters. And to make matters worse, they have made the location of the tax collection the temple. So you must bring these heavily laden taxes into the temple so they can then pay off Assyria. And that drives us to another shared message that Amos and Micah have about justice, which is that when it comes to choosing between your religious rituals and your acts of justice, God will favor you doing acts of justice over maintaining religious ritual. And in fact, at times God will reject and hate your religious ritual because you have ignored justice. 
Now, it seems strange, counterintuitive, that God would reject religious ritual. So let's dig a little deeper into why. Well, God sees that often people use religion to dress up or cover up injustice. Part of the reason that so many people are drawn into this church by this all are welcome banner is because they have been to other churches where they have been told they are welcome and then when they get in there, they find out there's something about them that really has to change for them to be truly welcome in this space. Something they can't control. Skin color or identity or something like that. And that is an instance of dressing up or covering up injustice with religion. And they are heavily guilty of it in making the temple a place for tax collection. That is definitely dressing up religious ritual to cover up injustice. It is a danger that people will often use religion to manipulate law and to continue to oppress people. They will use religion to justify all kinds of oppression. We would do well to remember that the Hebrew word for justice, mishpat, is the same Hebrew word as judgment. Justice and judgment can go hand in hand, and at times when you're trying to make a decision on how to translate it, it, you can't really tell which one it's supposed to be. And that, I think, ties into the fact that if you do not practice justice, judgment is coming. And the prophets warn of that and warn of that and warn of that. They frequently warn of the coming of the day of the Lord. It was funny, um, a couple of weeks ago, my Sunday school class said, "Uh, I always thought the day of the Lord was a good thing. It's not. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it puts a whole new spin on all these people praying for the day of the Lord, right? Um, it It is a leveling. It's a leveling. And that leveling is hinted at, referred to in this passage from Amos that so famously was quoted in service to the civil rights movement, which is, let justice roll down like waters. Justice that's rolling down like waters is not a happy little trickle down a mountain. It's a flood. It is meant to level things. Now, another point to be made as to why God would be upset with religious ritual is because I think at its heart, what God wants worship to be is a place where the status quo is not maintained but disrupted in echo of the fact that justice calls us to disrupt the status quo as well. True worship should mirror that reality, should seek to be a place where the status quo is disrupted and injustice is called out and justice is practiced. It's a turning over that Jesus literally does, right? When he sees that the money changers and lenders have corrupted the temple, he literally turns over their tables. And he turns over expectations like when he lifts up the fact that the widow who puts two mites in has given more generously than those who make a big show of all the money that they have given. And the prophets over and over cast for us a vision in which all are called to worship God. All of us. No one culture or way of being better than another, but all equal and worshiping before God. 
Now, there are some other things that help us understand justice a little bit better, and that's to look at the words that frequently appear alongside justice in the Bible. Mishpat appears more than 400 times in the Hebrew Bible. In the Old Testament, more than 400 times we have Mishpat. There are three words that tend to show up alongside Mishpat often. One is the word that often gets translated as mercy. We will talk about that word next week. But then there are two others that I want to talk about today. And one is evil. Evil frequently shows up next to Mishpat. Now, here's your Hebrew lesson for the day. This will be easy for you to remember. The Hebrew word for evil is ra. That's really it. It's ra. And, so, and oftentimes in the Bible, it shows up as ra. Ah. So, <laughs> so now you know some Hebrew. I always thought that was one of the best Hebrew words to know. But frequently, ra shows up next to mishpat. And they show up in contrast of one another, including in the chapter in Amos that we just read from. In 515, we are told, hate evil, love good, and establish justice at the city gate. Justice is the antidote to evil. It is what brings voice to the voiceless. It is what inspires care for the widow, orphan, and stranger. It is what the prophets over and over and over call us to do. But the thing is to do that, to really truly work for justice means that we have to know these folks. We have to really know them. I know that I've been sharing with you all, I really, really, really want us to commit as a congregation to everyone in the congregation doing something for our local schools this year. And I want to share with you, there's a lot of things on this list, and part of that is so that everybody has a way to serve, but none of these ideas came from me. These ideas came from teachers and administrators in our community. We had a couple of weeks ago a meeting where we allowed the teachers and the administrators to speak. I wouldn't let anybody else talk in there. We, we just listened. And they started out like, oh, it's great. It's nice. Really looking forward to the new school year. La, la, la. And then we sat there in some silence and they were like, but you know, also maybe this. And then the floodgates literally opened and three hours later, we were still talking to folks. So obviously there's some, there's some needs and there's some things in here that will help practice justice. In fact, all of these on some level help practice justice. But one of the things that I want to point out is some of you know that the LEARNS Act now requires 75 hours of community service in order to graduate from high school, which for people who have you know, some leisure time for people who are involved in church, for um, kids that have their own vehicle, that they don't have to work after school, they can make time for 75 service hours. The kids over at Gateway, whose parents are working sometimes two or three jobs, who they themselves may have to work jobs, or they are homeless and they don't have regular transportation, and their greatest concern is making sure they have a meal to come to next, working in 75 volunteer hours is a struggle. And so we're going to help level that playing field because we're going to take them service projects at school. We will be the overseeing agency, and they will do it within their school hour, so they will not have to find a way to make that happen. That is an act of justice, and that is what this whole sheet is about. It's about leveling that field. Because the other word that shows up over and over alongside mishpat is righteousness. 
as we saw in the passage today. Let justice roll down like waters, righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Let's talk for just a minute about righteousness because sometimes that gets characterized as kind of a negative, judgy sort of word, all right? But righteousness is always understood in the Bible as someone who is in right relationship with God and right relationship with others. It is not about right dogma. If you want an example, how many times when Jesus came across someone who was hurting, who needed healing, who needed some kind of something in their life, how many times did he say, all right, before I help you, I have some theological questions for you. No, he did not. In fact, we know he helped people who did not follow the Jewish God because he understands that righteousness is walking alongside people. Some of you may have seen that we put a Lillian Hellman quote out on social media and it says this, since when do you have to agree with people to defend them from injustice? We are called to work toward the freedom and flourishing of all people, even if that costs us some freedom and flourishing. Because the work of justice, as I have said, is a leveling of the field. Let's return to thinking about that flood. That flood of justice leads to a stream of righteousness. I used to serve in the Mississippi Delta. I served in West Memphis right alongside the Mississippi River. Drove over it more than once every week and was always in awe of it and also a little terrified of it because the Mississippi River at any point could overflow its banks and then devastation. Devastation when it did. However, one other thing that I also learned about serving in West Memphis is when that flood receded, we were left with what was called gumbo soil. And it's called gumbo soil because it is literally made of all the soil of the United States that all makes its way into the Mississippi River, that when the Mississippi overruns its banks, it leaves all the soil in that place which is not the best to build on. It's not. But it is fantastic to grow on. It's not great for building a tower, but it's beautiful for making a field. That, for me, speaks of God's justice and the recipe that God has. And a recipe for gumbo, the great thing about gumbo is the more stuff you throw in it, the better it gets. All right? The more people are part of God's reign, the more people that are known and part of God's family, the better the recipe is. And the more we are on a field rather than a tower, the more justice has reigned. So let us, my friends, seek to be gumbo people. Let us, on the other side of that flood of justice, stand and be nourished by that stream of righteousness. And let us be a place where all can grow all can flourish, and all are nourished in God's love. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. 
FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.